When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Texas podcast. My name is Daniel. It's that kid, Double H. We do the podcast every Wednesday. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. All of that is in the description. Sir. Check, check us out on Patreon where you can get, you know, unedited pods and all real, you know, all the swear words, all the all the racial innuendos, everything. All <laughs> Yes, yes. Um, have hope. Where can people get you? Have hope. Footballhot.com, baby. Indeed, I'm at Daniel to look, catch the writing on off target. Sometime in the next couple of days, I have something about why I think referees are basically like the police. Um, well, they do are <laughs> black, so you know. <laughs> Check out the second pod. Yeah, that, that that link is in the description. Talking race, Africa, and people. Well, I'm just gonna call it trap. Just check out trap. Yeah, check, check out, out trap. Check. Oh, is it, oh, yeah. oh yeah, you don't watch Snowfall, do you? I'm gonna run through. Bro, you have to, because I'm currently watching the final season. Right, just that I can't really say anything. But let's just say there's it's how something. I'll do catch with up Af- with you. I'll, I'll, I'll catch yeah. up. Like my 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 idea was once the show ends, I'll just run through. All yeah, of yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Because I think I think it's it's finished. Hence why I'm not doing the final season. So I think it's it's finished up. So yeah. So yeah. Within the next month or two i'll have it watched yeah so that's the pod the second pod is going to be about ancient egypt this week we think so yeah tune in so, so tune, tune in for that one it's it's it's, it's, it's something it's something a bit different a, a different pace to mm. the stuff in there man so <laughs> all right carl's at anchorman 616 by the way all right so yes, sir. we're starting with spurs this week <laughs> they were down they conceded five goals in 20 minutes 2014 2014 I was going to say, 7-1, the Germans scored, I believe it was five goals no, in no, under no. It's... 30 minutes. And then the, and then the yeah, second yeah, yeah. half happened, yeah. and then they, yeah. Like, yeah. they went professional. Like, the second half, in, in all reality, was a realistic half. It finished 2-1. But the mm. first 30 minutes of the game, bang, bang, But remember, bang. they interviewed Bart Simpson, a.k.a. Lamford, if you guys are definitely yeah, 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 yeah. And he said that, look, you have, like, he said that it would actually be more disrespectful if they sort of chilled out in the second half, which is why a lot of people were pissed off that Ozil missed that chance <laughs> that he should have scored. So, because yeah. I said, no, no, we went exactly the, the same way in the second half. We, we didn't sort of, like, take, take a foot off the gas, so. The thing that annoyed me most was they brought on, like, Willian and I think Ramirez. Like, they brought on, like, the Chelsea <laughs> players. And I was like, no, 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 don't do that, because that's back in my, I was super Chelsea back then. But we, we we have one uh question on Chelsea that we'll that we'll get to, so don't worry. Yeah. But um make a voice note. But yeah, I mean that was the last time not the last time, but the most prominent time that something like that happened where it's just like they keep they keep going and going and going and going and going. Um for it to be in a more professional Premier League context where maybe you're not expecting it or nobody's ever expecting five goals in twenty minutes, but is, do you remember when Lewandowski scored? I think it was a hat trick in seven minutes. And yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that we'll where he just that's that's what that like, Pep meme is, is from me. The, the, the yeah, Pep yeah. meme, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I think it was against Wolfsburg. 
Yeah. Like that's basically the the reaction that pet me where he just puts his hands on his head and he just like oh. <laughs> so I mean, did did you watch the game? I didn't watch the game. I only saw highlights. So oh yeah yeah yeah. Oh, so I wasn't watching it initially. Mm. So basically, that's how it was. So I go onto Twitter and they're like, "Wow, Nikas already won zero. Oh, wow, that's early." And then they say, "Oh, it's two zero there, huh?" I then go and start watching. And you know, this stream has a chat, and the chat says, yo, this stream is like two minutes behind. It's already 3 0. I was like, what? So then three. Then it was 4 0. Then at 4 0, I then tweeted that, bro, what the hell is happening? Blah, blah, blah. It's 4 0. And then people replied to me, said, wait, what, what are you talking about 4 0? It's 5 0. So, <laughs> so, so as, I was, so as I was tweeting, Isaac Paisley scored as I was tweeting that, that, that out. So it was a case of me just going in and out of the stream and so forth. And also, what's it called? It is the first, and only Tottenham could, 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 could do this. First time ever, there was a halftime emergency hangout. A halftime emergency yes, hangout? Yes, that's the first time. <laughs> there was a halftime <laughs> emergency hangout. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> it's like beyond embarrassing. Yeah, no, it's a history. No, 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 no. But, but like, with, with all seriousness, like, jokes aside, that's beyond embarrassing. Yes, yeah, Because, see, because what we have to decide here is that this is what I can f- f- figure out. Is Tottenham a big club? So They have the appearance of a big club. That's my thing. So my thing here is, my initial answer is no. But then I look at that stadium and I'm like, it is the first fully modern football stadium on the planet. And then I think about the Wanda Metropolitano. You see, Atletico Madrid, they end that stadium. Because before that, before that stadium, they'd won the league and they were in two UCL finals. And I believe... They had won the Europa League before moving to the new stadium. So I was like, you know what? No, you've earned the right to go into that stadium. But for Tottenham, you've not earned the right to have that stadium. <laughs> what do you <laughs> Pause for a second. What? What do you mean earn a stadium? Did, did you hear what I just said about Atletico Madrid? No, but like you're acting like a stadium is something you unlock. Yes. Like in a video game. <laughs> yes. That's, that's exactly like, what I'm saying. Whoa, so, I'm, no, no, no. Because, because I'm saying that, like... I made it all the levels, and then yes, I finally unlocked yes, the stadium. Like, that's yes. not how it works. Yes, that is how it works for me. Because my thing is that you can't have a stadium like that and be the biggest losers in sporting history. Those things don't compute. So, Tottenham's level of loserishness and their level of fruit selling does not correlate with that kind of a stadium. It's DLC, basically, is what you're saying. So, like, the Tottenham, Tottenham downloaded their stadium, but illegally. they paid extra. Illegally. They did it, they did it illegally. They, they did, got, like, they a quote. They didn't beat the game to earn the stadium. Yes. They just paid for it. Thank you. And this is why my problem without the Bournemouth I don't know if I team. agree with that in this context. I feel like if you can build the stadium, build the stadium. Okay, I think that's where we disagree. Because, for me, I feel that a stadium, specifically of its particular magnitude, reflects the kinds of ambition of a team. Case in point... Newcastle. Newcastle may not have the trophies to show it, but their psychology and the mentality is of a club that wants to be big. Mm-hmm. So when you look at St. James's Park, St. James's Park, that's a massive stadium. That's like, and it just has the feeling of a very, of like a very grand stadium. And it was so telling that this happened against Newcastle because Newcastle are, I think, two years ahead of schedule. They're not supposed to finish top for this, this C season. They're, they're not. It's just uh, Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham, Brickett, but Newcastle have done very well and the has done extremely well. Mm-hmm. But I think that when you look at what Newcastle are doing, they are 
their mentality is of we want to try to be a big team and a big club. Tottenham's issue is the mentality. Insults constantly once. He's a crybaby. Kant is not the perfect guy in the world, but he was speaking facts. The issue with Tottenham is there is a there is an aura of it is what it is. There's an aura of vibes. There is no expectation. There is no pressure. There is no willingness to try to strive for, for more. And the most dangerous thing is that it seeps into the fans. There are fans who are like, okay, we are bottlers. It is what it is. It comes back. It brings me back soon. My favorite kind of um, analogy, which is the football fan and the tribal fan. That tribal sports fan, all I know is Tottenham. My first memory was going to a going to White Hart Lane as a two year old, three year old with my my dad. So win, lose or draw, I'm Tottenham all the way. So I'm never going to expect anything. And as a tribal sports fan, I've come to accept that hey, we're the bottlers and so forth. Let's just hope for the best. But win, lose or draw, Tottenham is just part of me. But the football Tottenham fan, and I'm not sure how many there are. I've met a few, but that football Tottenham fan, Levy is stealing from you. <laughs> He's, he's stealing from you because Levy should be forced to show the books. That stadium is used for, has been used for a Beyonce concert. It was used for a heavyweight boxing match with Anthony Joshua, and it's been used for the NFL. And it's now be, and I, I might be used for the F1 as well. That's a lot of money. Now, mm-hmm. maybe, you're, maybe you're still paying off the stadium, but people should be allowed to look at the books and be like, is, is there money that is available? And if there's money available, why aren't you spending it? Why is Eric Dyer still starting in 2023? <laughs> why is Oliver Skip still starting in 2023? So, Do you know what's crazy on the highlights? Can I just... Can yeah, I catch you quickly? Like, because I didn't watch the game, at halftime, they took off Lloris and put on Frazier Forster. I was like, yo, they, they pulled Lloris... At halftime, they, they claimed injury. Like, they claimed injury, but I, I, I say I, I call BS. I know. I'm thinking like actually, Lloris has been a liability for club and country for like the past two, three years. So it kind of makes sense. Ever since the documentary came out, the the all or nothing, I've been suspicious mm. of Lloris. And nope. by the way, seeing what Mike Magnon's doing, if he played for France. Completely different Mbappe Bro, discussion. France, France, but, France, France. Maybe with that World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> completely different Mbappe. France maybe with that World Cup. No, oh, no, no, no. And 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 quickly, I, I thought about this while you were talking. Again, don't 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 forget your next point. Mm. I've never seen the stadium in the flesh. Have hope has seen the stadium in real life. But my opinion about not earning the stadium, maybe it's not as well informed as Have Hope because he's actually been there and seen it. So yeah, no, no. I mean, look, see, I'm not I'm not being inside. But when I was doing... Even outside. Yeah, yeah, because, because I had to do a thing for my TV channel. We just had to just do like a piece to camera and I had to be at a location. So just even from the outside, I'm like... Because I've seen Stamford Bridge from the outside. I've seen Emirates from the, from the outside. I've seen um, the Olympic Stadium Western from the outside. Mm. This, I'm like... It, it's, it's like a spaceship. It's like a freight. I'm like, this thing is... Massive, like Star Trek, yeah, kind of thing. It's like Star Trek. See, my thing is that so I've already seen, we've already seen what it looks like on the inside or already from TV screens. Seeing it from the outside, just how much space it takes up, and also what's crazy is that you look at the state of the art thing, 
and the area surrounding it is just like low to middle class. <laughs> so it's like it's it, gentrification. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because oh, wow. it's just it's just a, a crazy juxtaposition of like poverty mm. around and then just the state of the art super modern. I'm like, should I just sort of like improve the area around and everything? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but no, but, but that's one side because I know I know for a fact that. 90% of the people who live around in that area cannot afford to go into that stadium. And 90% of the people who can afford to go to the stadium are coming from way outside of the area. They're coming from Hampstead, Golders Green, and so so forth. So what is the Tottenham fan going to do? I feel that they, they, you're probably going to see a divide because Levy is counting on that tribal fan who win, lose, or draw, you'll always be a Tottenham fan. We lose a draw, you'll always be behind each other because you must always back your team and so forth. Oh, better luck next year. Oh, better luck next year. And Levy is banked with that Tottenham fan who's not going to push him or pressurize him to sign anyone. Correct me if I'm wrong. Try and fact check this. I think there was a window where Tottenham were the only team not to spend any money on anyone. Oh, yes. And, yeah. and that was the first time in Premier League history. Arsenal bought check once. Mm. But then they didn't buy any outfield player. So that was their thing. But Spurs, I think, went two transfer windows without buying anybody for the first team. Yeah. Okay, how controversial should we get? Should we not really get controversial in this? Say say what fits. And, and it's so crazy. I'm not going to say say the name of, of, of this guy because let me just X in school. And I've known, the, I've known X since I was 12 years old. So, look, there was a lot of stuff said in my school, crazy things. And me as a Nigerian, I'm just coming into England, so I didn't know a lot of the kind of like the racial terms. So this guy X, who was a sports fan, he used to just say like, "Oh my, don't be such a Jew." If somebody was like um, holding money, and I was like, "Hey, what the hell does that mean?" And I didn't know what that meant. But anyway, being a Nigerian, just trying to learn about what's happening, I was like, oh, "Okay, oh, so Jewish people are like tight with money." Oh, sorry, that's the stereotype. So. A guy coming from Nigeria is like, oh, so there's this stereotype that Jewish people are tied with money, which is the kind of stereotype and racism that guys in school had amongst other things of Chinese people, Indian people, black people, and so forth. I think about that guy now, who I know is a sports fan, and I'm trying to think of like what is in his mind. Again, we obviously know that Danny Levy is Jewish, and many Jewish people support Tottenham. Like, I used to live, so basically in the area, again, I don't want to give away, but in the area I used to live, very heavily Jewish. Mm. Almost everybody was a, a sports fan. So when I walked down my streets, almost everybody I knew was a, a, a Tottenham fan, sports fan, sports jersey, and it was a very, very Jewish area. So I do think that the Caucasian Tottenham fan who isn't Jewish is probably having some probably stereotypical racial thoughts towards Daniel Levy mm. and saying, oh, this guy's is playing into that kind of Jewish stereotype of not spending money. Because see, I've always said, man, this guy doesn't spend, little guys don't spend money. Now, I'm never going to go into the whole Jewish thing because I just don't believe in that stereotype because maybe, because I'm I'm a Nigerian who didn't really grow up with, the high, with how Jewish people are now viewed. But I'm just going by what guys in school were saying, what the wise people were, 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 were saying. And maybe there will be, for facts, those white Tottenham fans will be saying that, aha, He's playing into that stereotype. I knew it. Blah, 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 blah. They taught them, you have to spend to compete. Every big club, you have to spend. But, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll hand this over to you because I've, I've talked too much. <laughs> um, all or nothing, Doc. Something was very telling. When Levy said that, 
running a club is like running a business and it's very hard to run a business. And I was like, aha, that's it. Levy's focus, his main thing, his breakfast, lunch, and dinner is business, business, business. Mm-hmm. Sports and so forth, that's like in the background. But his main thing is about uh, make a profit, be profitable, keep things in the green, and there we go. It's trophies and everything, oh, f- forget, look, it's Tottenham. The fans are not going to expect anything. Tottenham fans, they, they've accepted maybe mediocrity. As long as we are good financially, that's all. So that's okay. the issue. So if I asked you who was like the Manchester United chairman for the past 10 years up until 2022, who would you say? So it's not David Gill. Oh, okay. Let, let, let me not quit you. It was Ed Woodward, right? Ed Woodward. No, no, no. no. I mean, because, because you know what it is? Because I watched the Vidic documentary and uh-huh. he was talking about, because he was under David Gill. I was talking about yeah. how he, he wished he had Ed Woodward with all of the money that he was mm-hmm. spending. But, so. then, but then if I ask, and this is this is a legitimate quiz. If I ask you who owns Manchester United, you would say? Oh, Glazers? The Glazers. Like yeah. that's known. A lot of people think Daniel Levy owns Tottenham. Yeah, He's a no, chairman. He if I Joe ask Lewis. you, who, it, well, exactly. Like you would know because you're a football person. But if I ask you who owns Tottenham, how many people know the name Joe Lewis mm. outside of like 1940s boxing? <laughs> like Braun Palmer, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Joe Lewis. Outside of that, I don't think people know like who this guy is. He's the, He's actually the person who's in charge. I think Levy is more of just... A yes man. He's the Ed Woodward to Lewis's Glazier. But no focus is on this man because I don't maybe he's not in the public eye. Maybe he's secretive. I don't know what it is. Maybe he's too old. I think he was born in the 30s or the 40s, so he's just not out there like the Glazers are. Or maybe just Spurs aren't a big enough club to where people would invest investigate. I don't know. A Spurs fan will certainly get in my comments and tell me. But I don't hear near enough about who actually owns Tottenham and what are his wishes and wants and things. If Levy's job is to make the club run functionally and make a profit every year, I can almost guarantee you he's doing that. This might be Spurs' most successful decade in terms of money, just based on, you know, they're in the Premier League and all of that. They finished in the top four, five, six, seven times probably. They had a title challenge. They maybe even two. They finished second in Europe one season. Obviously, you can go back to the the '90s when you have Lineker, Lineker, and the, or was it was that the '90s or was it the '80s when they had Lineker and Gascoigne, and then the '80s when they had the Huddle, Huddle, and Ardiles and those teams like that. That those might be their more successful periods in terms of trophies. But if we're talking just purely business, it has to be this Kane, um, like the Kane Loris era. If we want to box it in there, even going back to Bale to an extent. Tottenham have been successful. So your original question, are they a big club? They have the appearance of one. I do think that they are, in fact, like in that top six. If that thing is, I don't even know if the top six is still a thing based on, as you say, like what Newcastle is doing and maybe where Brighton are going and different things like that. But because there, there used to be a top four, then City came and made it a five. Tottenham have crept in there just based on what they've been able to do and compete for. Huh? Competes for exactly competing has got them to a level, but is competing enough? I, I think your point about Atletico Madrid is actually quite fair. That Atletico did not just compete with Madrid and Barcelona, they actually took things from them. So they won the league twice, they've been in two or three Champions League finals, two, 
and they've lost them both to to Real Madrid, unfortunate. If they play anybody else, they probably win at least one of those. But Madrid against Atletico is just <laughs> the story is written before the game starts. But Atletico have actually done things and taken silverware from their competitors. Spurs have competed on a like they've got themselves near enough to where they need to be. And then just that final hurdle or the final two hurdles, whatever it would be, they just can't get over the line. I I don't even know if I'm even asking for a Premier League or a Champions League, but a League Cup, an FA Cup, something to validate. And, and we talk about this in the context of Harry Kane all the time, something to validate the fact that you've competed by actually winning something. Because it proves that you've actually progressed from 2009 or 2008 when they last won the trophy. But that, I feel like, is more the footballing fan context of things, where your your level of progress is determined by what you win. But for the business side of it, their level of progress is more determined by we are running a competing club. Like, they were even asked to join the Super League. They haven't won anything that would say that they should be in the same class as AC Milan, Inter... Barcelona, Ju- Juventus, Chelsea, Arsenal, United City. Like, th- what what have they done really in terms of tangible hardware to be considered good enough for a Super League? Nada. Nothing. Except the fact that they push those teams and compete with those teams. So it gives them the appearance, again, of being a big club. Because, well, we're there. We just don't, <laughs> we just can't win. But we're there. It's just one of those strange things. But being there makes you money. And again, if Lewis's goal is not necessarily to create the best footballing club in the world, but to have a club that competes and by competing is profitable, then Daniel Levy making sure Tottenham are a profitable club is all he needs to do. And I would strongly suggest that that the stadium is not built on a whim that the NFL and all the concerts and boxing things that you mentioned offset the cost for whatever Spurs might from from whatever Spurs might have to outlay. So I'm sure it's more of a project between multiple entities than rather just Spurs building a stadium by itself because that would be the smart business thing to do. So are they a big club in terms of football? No. In my opinion, you have to validate you're competing with actual tangible silverware. That makes you big. But if business is what we're talking about and just pure numbers, their ability to compete has generated profit. And I think that's all they're really concerned about. I'm just, I'm just, I've just been researching Joe Lewis. What, so, what, what, what does he do? Is it, is it, okay, so he's a British businessman and investor. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I just typed this in and one thing I saw was Joe Lewis lives on a... 112 million pound boat. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. So, he look, look, lives, I, I don't know if they said yacht. So, he lives on a yacht. So, that's if he just lives on a boat, that's funny. A boat. You see, <laughs> and also, see, yeah, he's 86. 86. So, he's born, what, 30, 1938? Basically, basically, when Ray Simpson was up. That's how he was <laughs> so, so, basically, my thing, though, is... It was saying so okay. he's not very... Because I said, my thing though is, okay, if he's a majority owner, why 
does hardly anyone see him? And why isn't he never seen at the stadium? Why is the face you always see is Leave? Leave is always mm-hmm. there at the stadium. He's there doing the interviews. He's there doing the stuff. So I think for Joe, you Lewis, would think Levy owns the club. You would think he owns the club based on just how visible he is. Mm-hmm. At, because I told you, this is the first time I'm seeing Joe, Joe Lewis. I'm, this he is the first time I'm about he, to see his face. He, Joe Lewis wasn't in the documentary, by the no, way. The, all he wasn't in the documentary. Everything was Levy. So, so I feel that this is a case of Levy, you have... Because okay, this is what I just need to understand. What are the dynamics? Is Joe Lewis, Levy, carte blanche, do what you want or... You can only spend this much. You can only do this much. Because he has his... Let's, let's just keep it real. The Tottenham fan knows more than both of us. True. So if the Tottenham fan is always pointing at Levy, pointing at Levy, pointing at Levy, that means that he must have enough power as to how much to spend and so forth. Because... The Tottenham fans that I see, the Tottenham fan groups, the fan channels, all the forums, these guys are never saying, Joe Lewis is about Joe Lewis. What I always hear is, Enoch out, Levy out. <laughs> I always hear Enoch out, Levy out. Enoch out, Levy out. So I never hear Lewis. It's always Levy and Enoch. Levy and Enoch. So I'm saying, okay, I'm like, bro, you guys, this is your club. So mm. you must know. So obviously, Levy and Enoch must be the guys who are really making the key decisions as Tottenham's future. So, yeah, I just, I, when I researched it the other day, I was like, I don't think I've ever really heard anything about this guy, but he's the guy who owns it. If you go to the Wikipedia page, if you go to the Google page, it's like, who's the owner? You would, I, I was expecting in some way to see Daniel Levy, but he's just a chairman. Okay, okay, so, okay, so Enoch is Bahamas, is a Bahamas registered subsidiary. That's for Enoch taxes. International <laughs> Limited currently holds 85.55% of the total issued share capital of English Premier League club Tottenham Hotspur. Club chairman Daniel Levy and his family own 29.4% of the share capital of Enoch International Limited, while Lewis owns 70.6%. Levy owns 30% of mm. 85 I don't know what that actually entails. I'm not good enough at math. And Lewis owns 70% of the 85%. That they oh, okay, okay. So let me let me So Levy made an attempt to buy Tottenham from Alan Sugar, who I do remember. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, you know who Alan Sugar is. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're fired. Um, yeah, yeah. In July 1998, but failed. Another attempt was made in July 2000, but was again rejected. However, increasing hostility by fans towards Sugar eventually persuaded him to sell. Interesting. Levy was then appointed to the board of Tottenham. On the 20th of December 2000, after Enoch initiated the purchase of a 27% stake in the club from Sugar for $22 million, bringing their total stake to 29%, mm. the maximum possible before Enoch had to bid for the entire company. He replaced Sugar as chairman of Tottenham in February 2001 on the completion of the sale and took over the day-to-day running of the club in October 2001. Enoch would have eventually substantially increase their shareholding and gain control of the company after buying the remaining shares of Sugar in 07 for $25 million, as well as those of other shareholders, eventually acquiring 85% of Tottenham. Mm. You see, here's so, the so, thing. So, yeah. so basically for the past 20 years, Levy has been the front face running yeah. the day-to-day operations of, of Tottenham over 20 years. So it makes sense that... Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, okay. Levy became the highest paid Premier League chief executive with an annual remuneration of over £6 million. 
in the 16, 17 season. God damn. But then, like, it sounds like a lot of money, but with the money that they deal with, mm. <laughs> I, I don't mean, know they're no, buying but, players but, for hundreds of millions. No, no, but the, just by him saying that he's the highest paid is interesting. Look, yeah. my thing here is this, is that, because I was just looking at, obviously, the aftermath of Newcastle and Stellini being sacked, one thing a sports fan said is, Levy has been part of one of Tottenham's, like, best ever periods. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, there must have been a reason why they let us go over Alan Sugar. Alan Sugar, because I think Alan Sugar was during the Jejenola era, which was like the nineties. Because I was going when I first started watching football, which was like the mid nineties. So that was like Les Ferdinand, David Ginola, and so forth. Good team, enter- entertaining team, you know. But you look at okay, apart from the League Cup, which was I think 08, what have Tottenham won? So if you, Woodgate. Yeah, okay. So if you're not going to count <laughs> trophies, if you're, not, if you're not going to put trophies to one side, are you now saying that, hey, top four, UCL final, we helped, we sold off Modric and Bale. Is that success? Is success like selling Modric and Bale for a huge amount to Real Madrid? How are we success? defining success? Have hope. Are we defining it by business? or Are we defining it by what you've won? By what you've won? Is this a football podcast or a business podcast? Last I checked, this is a football podcast. Then, so, then it's not a success. No, it's not. It's not a success. It's really close to being a success, but it's not a, it's success, not a success in the final analysis. No, and, and but, but again, but no, the wait, final wait, wait, analysis wait, 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 for Levy. Is no, no, the no, money okay. is the money. Let's go to the top 16. Hold up. Top six. Let us go back to our top 16 because you said that they're in the top six. The so, conceptual top six. I, look, top six. <laughs> they're the top six. Don't, don't, don't give me anything about our concepts. <laughs> Liverpool. I, 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 see, I see trophies. Yeah. City. I see trophies. Chelsea. I see trophies. United. I see trophies. Arsenal. I see trophies. Mm. Why Tottenham in there with Anthony trophies? Why? Because they compete. <laughs> <laughs> see, 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 see. Now, now, now. I, I don't buy that because all those those five clubs I named, they've had periods of success. Mm-hmm. Arsenal, the Invincibles. We all know what Onron did. United, Fergie. We get that. City, right now, they're saying what's up. Chelsea, Mo, um, Mourinho, and so forth. We know what happened there. And um, Liverpool, bro. <laughs> we know what those guys did in the in the eighties and so forth. So all these guys have had periods. Of success and players where they were either the best or one of the best teams in the league and in the country. Tottenham have never been that. And then, and then you have to think from the Premier League's marketing standpoint: is it better to have a top five or a top six? I think you would want to include as many teams. In he your wants to include top. as many teams as, as as possible. It's for for you see for marketing. You the want more six. the, the merit. Want, the more exactly. the merit. So, so of course, so of course they're going to push them in that direction. And then obviously they have players like Kane who are, you know, one of the best in their position mm. for the past decade, obviously. And then you mentioned players like Bale and Madras. There's history there. So, and 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 to be fair, that team of, you know, Walker, Alderweireld, um, Vertonghen, I'm forgetting who the, the other fullback was, Moussa Dembele, Mora, Kane, some of the names are slipping my mind, but like they had a son, obviously. Like they Wait, had... Oh, oh, yeah, Chor- Choluca? Was Choluca there at some point? I, I, I forget. Larice, they had a they had a good unit that was yeah. one of the best teams in the country. It was just never the best team definitively, and then they never stamped it with even a trophy or anything. So again, from the footballing perspective, Tottenham, 
actually <laughs> their failure to win a trophy despite having a good team almost makes it worse from a footballing perspective. Like you guys had a great team and you still didn't win anything. No, no, so that I, makes it worse. But they've made money. A lot of money. I don't care about that. Let's let's look look see. First division. 1950, 1951, <laughs> 1960, 1961. Um, FA Cup. The last time they won the FA Cup was in 1991. Last time they won the League yeah. Cup was in 08. No one counts the, the Charity Shield. European saw success. Last time that they won the Cup Winners' Cup was in 1963. And the UEFA Cup or UEFA, Europa, UEFA Cup, 1984. Mm. Bro, I'm, I'm sorry. Like... <laughs> Again, like, I, like, no, like, I'm like this. We, we see, we have been victims of marketing. Hoodwinked. We've been bamboozled. We've been, we've been hoodwinked and, and Stephen and Smith. <laughs> yeah, like, because I'm no. You see, I'm sorry. From henceforth, I am not viewing Tottenham as a big club. No. And here's the thing, though. Let's see what Newcastle do, mm-hmm. because you see, I remember. Newcastle with do you remember Faustino Aspria? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when they had Ginola, Aspria, Shera, all these guys, like Newcastle, this and they When you mentioned close. Ginola with Spurs, I remembered like you made a bridge to Newcastle in my mind. I was like, yeah, because Ginola used to be on that old Newcastle yeah, team with yeah, Kigina. Yeah, yeah. But go for um, it. So New see, for me, I think it's all about culture and expectation. Newcastle have never had the kind of money that they, they now have. And they have Saudi owners. So I think for Newcastle and from the area in Newcastle, I think there's definitely going to be an expectation of, oh no, this is what we demand. Because, you know, it comes from the fans. But here's the thing. Before that first dub from Mourinho in 05, could Chelsea fans demand anything? No. Before 2005, Chelsea fans couldn't demand anything. You're like, yeah, it's Chelsea and so forth. Then after 05, 06, 07, trophies, 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 we now have the standoff with, with Todd Bowley. Mm. Because those Chelsea fans who grew up in the Bramwich era like, no, 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 no. Yes, yes, we're sports. Yes, we, we are sports. We have grown used to winning trophies and so forth. Now, if Todd Bowley had come in after Ken Bates, we, we can't <laughs> demand anything. Oh, fine. No. Potter, anything, but you've come in with almost 20 years of Abramovich, so we have different demands. So for the Tottenham fan, it is hard for a certain Tottenham fan to kind of demand anything because what are you demanding? Because where are you coming from? Where is your foundation to demand anything? Mm. And that is and that is the the kind of opening that Levy is using to be like, aha, this is where I could just keep on just keep can, this as a business. Can I add one more thing? When you when you mentioned Newcastle, and we can end it here because mm. I want to because that segues nice into the question that Tapiwa gave us. Mm. But when you when when you mentioned Newcastle, and you mentioned their ownership, you know exactly who the ownership is and what they want. the The Saudi conglomerate is coming in. They're going to spend money in an appropriate way. They're going to let I forget the 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 name of the woman who's the chairman, but. They're going to let her, and I think her husband is Saudi as well, they're going to let her run the club. But ultimately, they are building this to win trophies. You know what they, you, you know exactly what they're here to do. And the fans have that expectation, and they have a big enough fan base that's rabid and all, and all of that. 
they've always been considered like the sleeping giant of English football because, you know, as you say, they have the big stadium, they have the footballing culture, they just need the money to be invested. And it should click if it's done in the right way. Cool. With Spurs, what do the owners want? Do they want to win? Do they just want to be considered big? It's an end. If you do want to win, this is a very strange way of doing it, of like not spending money, going years without transfer windows, without spending money. The hiring of Mourinho and Conte suggests to me that they do want to win. Otherwise, you wouldn't hire those two guys. But then the way that they treated them, it just it doesn't compute. So we're going <laughs> to we want to win a trophy. We're in a final, but we're going to sack Mourinho the week before the final and give it to Ryan Mason Disgusting. against Pep Guardiola. That doesn't compute. So, like, you you clearly hire a man because you want to win. Mourinho's a proven winner. He will bring winning to our club. You reach a final, and then you sack him. This is confused messaging. Conte is almost the same thing, but not with that. Not, that contradiction isn't as heightened <laughs> because they're not in a final. But, like, it, it wouldn't shock me if, like, they were in the FA Cup final and they would just sack Conte just because. I don't For what reason? I don't know. It's just Spurs being Spurs. I, I know what the Saudi owners want in a weird enough sense, I think I know what Boldy wants. Boldy wants to win. He just doesn't know how to do it. <laughs> Spurs, I don't know what they want. Do they want to win? Really? Or do they just want to give the appearance of winning while taking money and keeping as many good players as they can for branding purposes? If that's the case, just sell Kane, sell Son, and just start over. Because you're just wasting people's time and careers and energy and effort, and you're wasting your fans' time, to be honest. I, I just think Sutton just want to vibe out. <laughs> that's 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 the big problem. That's the big, like, if it's just vibes, say that. If it's just vibes, say that. But don't but, give me all the window dressing of Mourinho, Conte. We're trying to win. Uh, they, 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 they can't we're not going to sell story, Harry man. Kane because we're trying to do X, Y, Z. Okay, then actually do it. But if you're not going to do it and you're just playing around with people, just stop. <laughs> stop playing games. Um, can I? Can I play one of our voice messages? Oh, go for it. Here we go. So this is from Tapiwa. Tapiwa Musa. Shout out. I've never, never heard his voice. Great listeners always, my brothers. Uh, today, I just have one question, uh, and that would be to do with Chelsea. Um, oh. We obviously know what's gone down at Chelsea this season, but my question would be, if you were to put yourself in the shoes of the Chelsea owner right now, how would you go about rectifying or fixing the situation at hand like what would be your plan of action in a hypothetical scenario take it it's his, it, that's it that's a tough ass question man that's shout out to people man but no but like how he's putting you in the shoes of someone with daniel levy's power just at chelsea what no, do no, you do? but as of right now mm. the the issue is which is why it's such a difficult question is the damage is already done so Knowing that the damage the damage is already done and you've already bought the players already, you've already spent six 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 hundred. The move to make was probably Nagelsmann. Because my thing is the Pochettino hire, that's that that's that's just an insult, man. That's an insult. Because <laughs> we know what Pochettino's about. And the Pochettino hire, that is a yes man. But no, let me let me let me even answer what Tatopia wanted to say. So if I was in charge right now. Keep it in mind that I didn't sign off on all these players. I didn't sign off on all these guys coming through. I didn't sign off on Porto coming through. But I've just been put into this situation right now on the 25th of, of April. I would be like, all right, I'm 
I bring in Nagelsmann now, and I say to Nagelsmann, make a list of the guys that need total go. Because we need to trim the squad. We have to trim the fat. And what's... So just use this use this seven, eight games to tell me who stays, who, who goes. Come the transfer window, guys have to go. Whether you whether it's a free or whatsoever or for a cut rate price, guys have to go because what you want, you need a manageable squad. Tego Silva said it. Tego Silva said that the squad is too big. And when you have a squad this big, you have guys who are unhappy. And so many unhappy people around the dressing room messes with the confidence of the entire team and that now affects performance on the, the pitch you never have a bloated squad it never happens you have to have because the whole point of a squad is we are all in this together it's tightening it and everybody is pulling in the same direction if it's too big you have a faction here a faction here a faction here a faction here and you mess up um any kind of team ethos or team yeah. mentality so you trim the squad what you then do is, after we've trimmed the squad and so forth, what is the formation? What is the strategy? And we will now systematically go to South America, Asia, Africa, and buy the players to fit into your psychology. Again, you, should, you have to watch it, though. Vidic's um, interview was amazing. Is it, is it the amazing. one with Rio? Yeah, with Rio. Quality. Okay. Two parts. Quality. And he made it a key point. This point I've always been making, but he, he, he then made it in his interview. It's not just about buying players. You have to buy the right players. A group, 10 amazing players, amazing players, these guys are amazing, that have no chemistry, will always lose to 10 pretty good good players who have good chemistry and fits together. Mm. So you have to be like, what is the formation? What is the philosophy? What kind of right winger do you want? What kind of central midfielder do you want? Do you want do you want a number ten? What kind of defender do you want? Do you want a ball playing defender? Do you want a limited defender? Do you want a wing back or do you want a so do you want a one baby Bissaka or do you want a Daniel Alves type? So what kind of striker do you want? Do you want a David Villa type or a Haaland type? So we now know what kind of team you're building. All right, we'll we send the guy to South America, Africa, Europe, and we will now look for that guy for four mil. Oh, no one knows about this guy. Four, four, five, um, four, five mil. Vidic was five mil from I think Spartak Moscow. Mm. So that and that is how things are done. <laughs> you don't just arbitrarily use some kind of data analysis charts just to buy players and just shove it onto a manager. No. You have to know what the manager wants, what kind of team they build, and your scouts are now like, okay, I now have the characteristic sheets. And you now go, boom. Guys, it's what we do on a football manager. <laughs> On a football manager, when you go into player search, it's like, okay, okay, um, movements, 16 minimum. Um, headings, 16 minimum and so forth. Because you're looking for a particular player type because it's a particular way that you want your team to, to, to play. So there are particular guys I don't want and particular guys that I want. Because if I have these kinds of players, they will complement each other very well. Mm. So it's all about What you chemistry. don't do is on uh, football managers, go to Twitter and then ask fake Twitter on football manager, the, the, the player that's hot in the streets. <laughs> and then you go to Ukraine and you spend a hundred million on him. A that's not what you do. Million. <laughs> a, I mean, do you, a, do you know how disgusting that, that is? How much was Kaiseido? How much was Mitoma? How much was um, the kid from Par Par Paraguay? You see, you have to like, 
I think I'm starting to believe the conspiracies, by the way. But what? That because Chelsea had a bad reputation with Ukraine because their owner was a Russian oligarch, so-called, that in part to appease or just turn the reputation, part of the deal was buying a Ukrainian superstar. 1,000%. It's true. Daniel, we've been fleeced. You've been fleeced. It's tough. Cause not, it's tr- and and it's, it's not that he's like a horrible player because there's no. something there. Because especially in that Liverpool game, like you saw a little, a little, like there's something there. But it's not a hundred million. So what is up with that price? It was a Ukraine. It was a Ukraine thing. It's because, a PR all, move. It's a, it was a PR. It was Arsenal, a PR signing. That's Arsenal were scouting him. Were following him for months. Chelsea just came out of nowhere. And Arsenal were following him because they knew that he fits into what Arteta wanted. And when I saw him, I was like, oh, yeah, I can see how he fits into Arsenal. How does he fit into Chelsea? Because does the manager want him? Bro, and and we we probably need to talk about City Arsenal. We'll get to that in a second. But I I thought, I I, I looked at, because I I watched Madrid against Real Madrid in the Champions League. Mm. And I was like, he's decent. And I can kind of understand what Arsenal are up to. But... If Chelsea come in and buy him, you know who benefits the most? Martinelli. Yeah. That's the and I think Martinelli's ceiling is higher than Mudrick's. His ability to score goals, his ability with the ball at his feet, his brain. Like you can tell there's a player there that just needs a little bit more refining. And but if you sign Mudrick for, I think Arsenal were gonna pay 60 million somewhere in that neighborhood, he has to play. So it's gonna be him, Saka, and Jesus probably. If Jesus can stay fit, maybe Martinelli would play if, if Jesus wasn't fit. But you're sacrificing Martinelli's development because you now have this big political signing, essentially. And I was like, it's not to the same level, but it's like what happened with Vinicius and Rodrigo when Mbappe didn't arrive. There's now space and minutes in that front three for Madrid to develop the young Brazilian talent, which wouldn't exist in the same way if you buy Kylian Mbappe for 150 million or 200 million euros, whatever the price would be. So Chelsea buying Mudrick, I think, improves Arsenal because Martinelli is a better player. And then Chelsea are buying a player that they really don't know what to do with. They just they bought him, I think, because he was Ukrainian and yes, because he was yes, popular. Yes, yes, Daniel, yes. There's no, <laughs> no, okay. Why do you say, oh, I'm starting to believe? What, what's that to start to believe? No, because he's from Ukraine. And because... <laughs> We were the guys who had the owner who helped Putin and so forth. This is a good way to now sort of like now broke. You the had an owner. <laughs> I did not. We, have- as I said, we, we, we. So, 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 of course, because bro, because it doesn't make sense. I'm the off that plantation, dog. I'm off the Chelsea plantation. <laughs> I have no. Oh, damn! Is it that that deep? <laughs> no, All it was right. a, it was a Ukraine yeah. thing. Of course, it was a Ukraine thing. Okay, so we have four more, and we I think we can do this in ten minutes. So, James and Mount have been shut down. For the rest of the season, mm. so Frank Lampard announced that today. Do we, do you think we've seen the last of Mason Mount in a Chelsea shirt? From the reports I read, no. Because if the owner is personally talking to your boy, I th- I think he's staying for at least maybe another two three years. So yeah, look, because because Bolly apparently met with him one v one. So Damn. <laughs> all right. Um, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't at least mention that there's almost no point to talk about the game because by the time most of you listen to this, I know, yeah, it's going to be over. But um, no, no, no. But an, an City and Arsenal have played <laughs> basically. Um, what do you think will happen? Here, okay, look, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go macro. Let me, let me go macro in this. I think the title is over. There is the damage has already been done. 
if any of you guys are listening to this post the game, I think we're talking about a City dub. There's going to be a winner. There's, it doesn't end in a draw. I don't see Arsenal beating City at the Etihad. So I believe that City are going to win this. And that Southampton game was the final full stop. Liverpool draw was not the end of the world. That was not it. It was West Ham and Southampton. Those two yeah. games were like, ah, oh, oh, all right. You, okay. you can draw it and feel. Yeah. That's not a bad point. That's fine. That's fine. But, the, but going 2-0 down to Southampton and... Three one, I think it was. Then no, no, it, it, and then it's, it's, and, and then, then West Ham missing the penalty. Yeah. It was just no, no. It's, it's like to mess up a two goal lead twice back to back, and to be two zero down against Southampton. I'm like, okay, okay, you're not you're not serious. And okay, you're not serious. It's what I said months ago. Before we reached week nineteen, I said. Guys, we're not even halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. Oh, Arsenal are amazing. They're playing amazing football. City doesn't know how to use Haaland. Arsenal are too good. They've already won the league. I'm like, okay, cool. It looks good right now, but we're not even halfway through the season. Mm. Things pop off week 25, week 26, week 27, week 28. As you get close to the finishing line, there's more pressure. Of course, mm-hmm. Arsenal could be, should be able to beat Southampton, but they couldn't deal with the pressure. Plus, At home, plus, in front of the fans plus. and so forth. No, there's too much pressure. Plus, Southampton needed a result. They were at the bottom of the table. Mm. So so you're, it's not game three where Southampton think they have a chance and what will be a mid-table team. No, no, you're you're propping the table up. We need to go into this game and fight with our lives. You're, you're, you're not going to get that same level of effort and, in, and, and, in, and also in the fourth game at, of the season that you would in the 24th or 34th. But And also look at the body language when at full time. That is very telling. Mm. Like when you saw the Bidonabod language, like that looks like a team who are, de- who are de- defeated. Now, maybe they, we can see things wrong, but that's the way they just slumped down. They knew that, oh my gosh, this we've, I think they, we've that's blown it. That's six points dropped in two games. It's it's like you've lost two games in one one. Yeah, it's. it's so that's, it's yeah. not great. And then. And, and, and to this City. team, <laughs> to City? No, you can't do that. Um, again, I think, I think City win the game 2 1. I told Carl that two, three weeks ago. Um, I'm sticking with it. But, you know, you guys will know the result probably by the time you listen to this if you don't. Two more things. Should Messi go back to Barcelona or should he re-sign with PSG? I'm going to pretend you didn't say the second option. So, (laughs) um... Because I've because I've seen people say you sh- you should never go back to your ex. It's always yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's always wrong to go back because the same problems are there. I'm wondering is this the same Barcelona Messi would be going back to? It's a different chairman. It's a different no, no, manager. Okay, so, like no. everything's pretty much different. Barca fans, because I actually posed this question to Barca fans, and I think they made an interesting point. The name of the stadium's different now. Yeah, I mean, look, the team is in a better shape than when he left, but it's still not in a great shape. And I think you'll still have issues of them being reliant on Messi. Argentina, that was a good foundation for Messi. I'm like, okay, boom. I don't have to do everything. I could just do, do my thing, but I've got a great support system around me. Look, 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 look at what Demira did in that final. You know, that's what you call help. <laughs> that's what you call great help. <laughs> you know, the issue is you've got to know, learn how to move on. You see, on one hand, he deserves a proper send off in the way that Iniesta had, in the way that Javi had. like They, were, they had like proper sending off, the way that Puyol had. He never had that. It was weird <laughs> how, how he left. So in one hand, like, yeah, but on the other hand, Barca, you've got to move forward. Yeah. You have to move forward. 
and I and I just and I don't think that the the team is in the right shape for a Messi to come back. I think they have to learn how to work without Messi and then be able to now run, hopefully, when they now have that proper quality play that now develops and they can now buy through. So, and, I, and, and I think, because initially I said that, what the hell, of course take Messi back, man, because the guy's still quality, he's still playing well, of course you want to take him back. But then when I heard Barca fans make the point of like, you have to learn how to move on, bro. You have to learn how to move on. You can't just keep looking at the past. You have to now move, move on. It is what it is. He left. And my issue is, that, I don't know why you, you, you said resign PSU. Why didn't you give me the option of Miami? <laughs> on a MLS. Why, because why because apparently PSG, you know PSG don't let go of players easy. I think oh, then they blackmail. Me uh, let me let, let me not let me not say. Cause, oh yeah. oh wow. Okay. <laughs> no 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 no. I don't, no, I don't want to get no, sued, but like PSG no, no. don't let players leave that club easily. So they players tend to stick if they want to be. And, 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 but also don't don't say blackmail. Just say corrupt. I don't like that term. Blackmail. Like <laughs> they whitemail them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Barca aren't as desperate for Messi as they were maybe last season, because this season they're actually playing decent football, and, and the, they're about they're, to win the league. Yeah, they're they're going to win La Liga. Obviously, the Champions League didn't go how how they might have thought, but Champions League is Champions League. Uh, things happen that way. It isn't as if you know when Chelsea fans were trying to get Eden Hazard back. Eden Hazard back from uh, Real Madrid, even though he showed nothing. It was like, well, let's just go get the old thing back because the players on our team aren't that good. So would you take Hazard back? Of course they would. But you need to learn how to move on is kind of, that's the point. It's a mental exercise in a lot of the people who support Barcelona, at least that would listen to this podcast or watch your YouTube channel or what began supporting Barcelona, if not because of Messi, in large part due to Messi. They're attached to the number 10. They're attached to his brand. Like, they love Messi. So having him back, I think, is... It's not a crutch, but it's just like... It's it's a blanket, you know, just that, that mm. makes you feel good. That, you know, when you go to sleep, you have your blanket. It's like, you know, being a little kid with a stuffed animal. Like, <laughs> Messi being there makes you feel better. But is that what you need? Should you be, you know, 30 years old with the stuffed animal? Like, no, yeah. like it's time to move on. <laughs> like, I don't know. Some soft animals are pretty good at 30. <laughs> Hold on. You do not have stuffed animals still, right? I don't, but I'm saying that I wouldn't judge any 30 year old with a soft animal. <laughs> <laughs> well, who am I, I, to I, have, I have one stuffed animal around here somewhere. His name is Free Willy. It's, it's a whale that I had back when Free Willy was a movie. And he wow. stuck around somewhere. Wait, wait, wait. somewhere Did Michael around Jackson mimic a Free Willy track? I don't know. I think it did. But, like, I, I thought the whale's name was, like, first name free, last name <laughs> Willie. I didn't understand that the movie was, we're trying to free something named Willie. I thought oh, his yeah, name yeah, was yeah. free Willie. <laughs> so I named my, uh, oh, that sounds wild. If you don't know what the movie is, that's euphemistic. My bad. Like, it's a, oh, it's yeah. a movie oh, about yeah, a whale yeah, named yeah, Willie. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And there's, like, Free Willie 2. That was the first movie I ever went to see in a theater. Like, I had the choice between Pocahontas or Free Willie 2. And I said, let's go see Free Willy. Too. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> that might have been 93, 94, 95. Somewhere anyway, so it, it, it might not have been my first movie, but it's the first thing I decided to see. But anyway, like Messi doesn't need to be your emotional crutch if you're a Barcelona fan anymore. Like you've seen that you can have success without him. Build upon that. 
But again, I, I think you might be right in saying the way he left was just so sour and it left a bad taste that maybe you would want that that last that last run, that one last season so everybody can say goodbye in the right way. Um, but that's what they make testimonials for, right? Fill out Camp New, charge everybody however much money is. It's 100,000 people in the stadium. You can bring back all the legends and you can say goodbye to Messi in the right way. Yeah. Um, but does he need to come back and play a season? Not really. Uh, but if he wants to, would you say no? If Messi's like, I really want to come back to Barcelona. Yeah, that's the thing. Do you say no? Come on. If he says that, I actually want to come back. If, you know. <laughs> if Laporta, if, it, if, if news comes out that Messi wants to come back and Laporta said no, <laughs> he loses the presidency. So if it's something wait, 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 Messi hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you sure that's all he loses? <laughs> Dressed in all black. Where is Bartomeu, by the way? Is he out here? Has he has he gone through the plastic surgery to change his face? Yet, or? I, I, yeah, maybe that's what we can't find out. He went. The plastic surgery was so successful. So we we don't know who he is. Big L. I can't believe I forgot. Man, that's bad. Um. All right. Last. Last. Last topic. I saw that Sheffron wants to put in salary caps. This is something you've always said that should be done. And mm. he said that there was general agreement about salary caps. So, Which ones be implemented? I know, but yeah. So what talk. do you think about UEFA implementing a salary cap? I will look up the story quickly. But just your, your first thoughts. Oh, yeah, no, no. I mean, it's it's a lofty claim, but what happened to FFP? All this stuff of well, so that we're now going to regulate, we're regulate. It's nothing going to happen. This machine, this beast known as modern football, it's taking a life of its own. And there's nothing Sheffering, Infantino, or anybody can do to stop this beast that is football. So you ain't implementing that in bro. Mm. All right. So. He also said he wants to put a Champions League final in the United States. I know. I, I saw that as well. Um, so he says uh, da, 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 he spoke with FIFA president Gianni Infantino about the possibility of a salary cap. This is from BBC uh, Sport. In the future, we have to seriously think about a salary cap. Sheffron said um, he was on Men in Blazers, which is a U.S. podcast. That is two British dudes, I think. If the budgets go sky high, then our competitive balance is a problem. It's not about the owners. It's about the value of the competition, because if five clubs will always win, then it doesn't make sense anymore. But it has to be a collective agreement, every league and UEFA, because if we do it and the other leagues don't, then it doesn't make sense. I hope it can be made as soon as possible. For now, we have the new rule after 2024 that you can spend up to 70% of your revenues for salaries and transfers, but that's not enough because if your revenues are 5 billion, 70% is quite a lot. Hmm. So this is the future here, and I'm not afraid of the club owners being too powerful or anything. UEFA is the leading European competition, and we have great relations with the European Club Association now. So that's his, that's his comment. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't get implemented, bro. <laughs> I don't know. This, this I, don't want, I, don't, I don't like the idea of a salary cap. Number one, players are already earning less than they should. If you cap the wages, they will earn less than what they should. And the clubs will make the same, if not more money. So let's say Chelsea make $100 million and they're paying Mason Mount $2 million a year. Random numbers. Mm. But let's say there's... there's, there's their salary capped at you can only spend 10 million a year. So then Mason Mount's wages go from 2 million to 1 million, just making the math easy. Chelsea will still make 100, 120 million every year. They'll just be paying their players less. 
when they couldn't make the money without the players. So I'm not a fan of salary caps in general. So, 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 so how do you create piracy in football? You don't. So, okay, so it's basically piracy in football can't be achieved. In I don't think so. Un- unless you want to yeah. go to a draft system and completely wholesale take from NFL, well, no, it's, it's, NBA. It's, 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 that's a, now I like what you're saying. If we can all come into agreement that based on where football is right now and how it's evolved, we can't have piracy in, in, in football. Chefrin, shut up. No one, don't, don't, don't give me that salary cap. Don't. Because will a salary cap really bring piracy, really? Okay, I can't offer as much wages to the team, how to, to, to certain players. So, But how does that now it won't. allow a smaller team to now keep said player? And, because and, because also, said player yeah. is like, I want to move to this team. Even if... So before this salary cap out of ends three hundred thousand, after I'm not going to end one fifty, but that one fifty is still more than the eighty that you're going to offer me, and I <laughs> want to move to this yeah. bigger club as well. So let's let's say everything is capped, so where Burnley and Chelsea aren't really offering me anything different. What's stopping me from going to Chelsea? Like why why wouldn't I pick Chelsea for the same money? It might incentivize players to go to bigger clubs anyway, because if I'm going to make the same amount of money, why wouldn't I go to Real Madrid or Barcelona yeah, or yeah, that's that's the point or that's Dortmund? Point. Whereas if there is no cap, play I'm I could be more incentivized to go to a lower club who just offers me more playing time or it's just a better environment. But if everywhere is the same, then why wouldn't I pick the bigger club or look for bigger clubs? The, the only way you can really create parity in a league, at least that I've seen in, in American sports, I think they do this the best, but that's because they have the college system and draft systems, mm. is the talent itself. Not the money, but the talent, I think, is what really does it. With the academy systems that they have in Europe, I mean, I don't know how exactly you would yeah, go about it's, revamping it's, it's all of it's that so in order tricky. to get like, so let's say there's a player from the, like Jude Bellingham is this emerging player from an academy. How do you stop him going to Man City and force him to go to Burnley? You can't, not in the European system. In the American system, that's what would happen. He would be one of the best academy players and you are then chosen by the worst team in the league <laughs> and no, then no, you no, have no, to see, play no, your no, career no. there. Do you know what? The, the best, this, this is the only, the, the, the best thing I can think of is a grace period. So let's take Ajax in 95. Yeah. You are not allowed. So if you develop these players through a system and so forth, you, they are not allowed to move to any club until, let's say, they are 20 mm. or 2021. 20, I like that. So you are, so Ajax could keep Clivets. Sadov, the De Boers, and so forth until they are 2021. 2021, then they can move, but you are not allowed to buy those players. So basically, I can gain the... Okay, 21. I gain, I get some benefits off of my youth system, my training, and so forth, and get to keep these players on up until they are 2021, 20, 20, 20, and so forth. Because I think that that's possibly the, the, the best you can do. I'm I, I even pushing to 23. But see, I'm even pushing to 23. A lot of these players that emerge have contracts that far. If you looked at Mbappe's contract with mm. Monaco, he probably was under contract until he was 22 or so. Yeah. But <laughs> PSG pulled up the Brinks truck with 120, I think it was, or was it 180? Yeah. They pulled that's... up with they pulled up with like a lot of money for so, the so, loan. So, 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 so,
you enforce the rule where there's no point in bidding. It is illegal for any player to... You can't move until you're 21. Like, you, you, you can't move until you're 2022. Something like that. You can't move until you're, you're 22. So you can have a group of 20, 21-year-olds do, do an Ajax or do mm-hmm. a, a Monaco. Because we saw from Ajax and Monaco that you can have a group of 20, 21-year-olds who can win a Champions League. That can happen. Oh, yeah. If Monaco stays together for two years, yeah, they reach the final. 100%. 100%. And Because Ajax proved you can do it. Yeah. It's, but then, it's um, obviously, Arsenal are going to come. Barca are going to come. I forget where the rest of the players went for that the Ajax team. Madrid are going to come. So yeah. Milan and Juventus, they're going to come. So there's just something about the salary cap that it doesn't it doesn't sit right nah, with me. Nah, it's just it's not, no. Unless they, but they would never do that. I'm thinking like if you gave it a floor, like the least you could be paid, like a reverse <laughs> salary cap, like the least you could be paid is 20k a week. That would be okay. I might, I might rock with that. But like a minimum salary rather than a maximum salary. I don't. Either way, the clubs make millions, the leagues make billions. Capping the wages of players, it's like you guys could just not spend a hundred million on a player. And spend seventy on a player and save that thirty million instead of trying to take the thirty million from the player. But mm-hmm. anyway, this has been talking tactics. We could, thank you guys for listening. Uh, remember to follow us on all the social media accounts, sir. I'm at Daniel to look half hope. Where can people get you? Halfoffootballhub.com around the corner. Shout out to Tapibo for leaving the voice note. We thank really you, sir, and, and thank um, you for your support and everyone's support. We truly appreciate indeed. the support here and on Patreon. I truly appreciate it. Thank you. If guys. you want to leave us a similar voice note, you can look in the link in the description. It's speakpipe.com. Mm. So leave us a leave us a voice note. We'll play it on the show. We'll catch you guys next week. Talking Tactics Podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always for the ball. Indeed. Peace. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.